0: Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland, and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God.
1: We hope you enjoy listening to this message.
0: How's everyone doing? You're doing well. Johnny, maybe at the end, can we finish with that song again? Is that all right? Just where we're going today. I just feel that there's something on it. Forget for us just to get looking at. Everyone doing okay? Good. Good, Dolores. I'm glad you're doing really well. Hope everyone's enjoying their, their summer breaks. Um, who, who's been at, this probably be half the room. Who's been at Cranfield this week? Well, only a few hands. Here we go. Usually probably the 9.30 service. Most, actually, probably most of them are at Cranfield. <laughs> That's probably why the hands aren't up. Good seeing everyone with us. A couple of things just to say before we start. In we've been doing this series on Mark's Gospel called the Servant King. Um, We we are we have given out these copies of of Mark's Gospel to everyone. Um, at the start of the summer, we're encouraging people to bring these with them each week because we're going to be doing this today. I'm going to be asking you, if you have a pen with you, to take it out. We're going to be scribbling loads over this today, just making different notes, going on a bit of a journey. Um, if you have your own copy of the Bible, that's okay if you prefer to use it. But what I would love you to do, if you need one, could you put your hand up this morning? Because we're going to be definitely going into this, so the guys have them all at the back. So keep your hand up for me just till the guys come and get you on this morning, just as we go through it. Tash was telling me this morning that uh, 150 pens were given out in the first week and zero have returned with people to church. So shame on you all. Uh, make sure you bring those with you each week as well. it <laughs> would be great just for for where we're going. So we always said, like, because we I suppose that's why we wanted to do that this summer, was just to begin and to practice the principle of firstly having just the Bible with us, but being able to take notes, being able to scribble down certain things as well. Um, so we just wanted to really get into that as much as we could. So keep your hand up until some of the guys are here. The guys... Have, i somewhere some more at the front here. Just a couple here. Everyone got? Good stuff, good stuff. Okay, so just a couple of things by way of introduction. And to today we're going to be in Mark chapter 5, and we're going to be particularly in verse 21 onwards. So in these copies, we're on page 19. If you want to get that out, we're, we're going to go into it this morning. We're going to be looking at two miracles. We're going to be looking at the raising of Jairus's daughter uh, back, back to life, and we're going to be looking at a, a woman who was healed, who had a bleed for 12 years. We're going to be reading it um, particularly. Um, just as a couple of things just to say again as introduction before we go into this. Firstly, the, the reason why we're doing this, so in, in this Gospel of Mark, Phil, in the very first week, give a bit of an a historical context and a basis for what Mark was and what it was actually written for. And a couple of things just to say is this, that these, this was written by um, Mark, but it was a memoir of Peter's life. He was very close friends with Peter, one of the apostles, one of the 12 disciples, someone who had spent day after day after day with Jesus. So a lot of people, they'll ask questions like, how did Mark know all this stuff? And uh, obviously, it was through conversations with many people. But particularly through Peter who had first-hand experience, eyewitness account of all the things that Jesus did. And so each week as we read these stories, these were first-hand experience stories that had happened with Jesus and everything that had happened. Now... I think it's really important to say is this, is that it's great that each week we can come and we can read these stories of Jesus, but there's something that we want to take and learn and own of these stories of Jesus for ourselves. And the reason why that is, a few weeks ago, um, as we finished our foundation series, um, I taught that morning, and uh, we looked at this principle and this idea that Jesus was obviously someone who we, we look to in our lives. He's the one who is exalted above every other name. And Jesus, when he was here, was someone who performed all these things that we're reading, all the miracles that both these miracles that we're gonna read today. It's incredible as we look and see all these things that Jesus did. Jesus was someone who he said himself had all authority. This is in Matthew twenty eight and you'll know at that stage we introduced this understanding that I think it's the authorized version instead of authority uses the word power, but there's a big difference. Sorry, that's a lurgan way of saying the word power. It's power. And uh, there's, there's a big difference between power and authority. Uh, we looked at this dunamis is the word for power, the Greek word, and the Greek word for authority is this word exousia. Power obviously is what it is to have the power to be able to do something. You're empowered to be able to do something. But exousia, this word authority means that you have the right to be able to do it, right? There's a difference between it. While you have the power to do something, to have authority means that you have the right to be able to do it. Jesus said that he had all power and all authority had been given to him in heaven and on earth. It was his alone. And here's the thing, right, is that we'll go through the progression of this. Jesus, what he does is that Jesus gives this away, and we see that this is who we are as the church. We are the sent ones of God. We are those who have been delegated the authority in the name of Jesus Christ. We've just been singing about it this morning, but we've also been empowered by his Holy Spirit living in us. And so we are now those who carry power and authority, which is amazing. But here's the reason why that is so great. And this is the reason why our summer series takes on a bit of a difference. It's great to be able to come and read these stories about Jesus and hear all the things that Jesus says. But here's what Jesus says to us in return. And we looked at this a few weeks ago in John chapter 14. Whoever believes in me will also do the works I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Jesus realized this. This was the joy that was set before him that meant that he endured the cross because he realized that he was going back to the Father. And what he was, what he was getting together was a people for himself who would carry on his ministry in the earth. So here's the amazing thing is that these stories of Jesus that we're reading week after week, and the stories we're going to read this morning, As inspiring as they are, and they are inspiring, we look and we give Jesus glory and honor for all that he does. Jesus' ministry still continues through us. So all these stories, like the ones we're reading today, Jesus says this. These things you will do, and even greater things you will do because he's going to the Father. And so we saw this. This is what Jesus did. Jesus just didn't keep what he had himself. He gave it away. Firstly, he gave it to the twelve. That's what it says in Luke 9. He called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all the demons, right? He then gives it in Luke chapter 10 to the 72. He continues again. He, he delegates power and authority. And then in Matthew 28, before he's, he goes back to the Father in his ninth post-resurrection appearance, he shows up to all his followers and to the church, to those who begin the church and the Great Commission. And he says this, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore you Go. We are those now who carry power and authority. And so this morning as we come to this, and each of the weeks, it's the reality that it's, while it's great learning about Jesus, it's, it is essential to learn about you. He is the one that we follow. He's the one who's leading us in this. But Jesus is saying in return to us, if you're calling yourself a believer this morning, this is now yours to own and to live out. Because the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And it's not done on your own strength. It's done on the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. All these things. His name alone. And so that's where we come to it this morning. And so, as sent ones of God, all the disciples knew this. This is what it meant to be sent. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. I think it was Bill Johnson a number of years ago who used this um, just as a reference for this. An easy way of understanding. He said if you're a believer, this is the qualification that we all carry is the PhD. We are those who proclaim, we heal, we deliver. It's what we do week after week after week. Day after day after day. This is what it means to be part of the church Right? We are alive, this is what we have been empowered to do, this is what we have been called to do, each and every one of us. We haven't been saved to come and sit in comfortable seats on a church on a Sunday and go home and get on with the rest of our lives. This is the rest of our lives if you're part of the church. We proclaim, we heal, we deliver. And so as we come into this today, we're going to just read and we're going to see this passage we're going to look at. And, uh, and so what we're going to do, to begin with the guys, I have a video at the back of sent to some of the... Uh, to the guys in the 9:30 service, if you have the U version app, uh, the Bible version, there's there's great videos that they have of Mark's Gospel where they actually narrate it, and then there's a video that goes along with it. So this morning, if you're anything like me, and do you know, the way, sometimes you could have a good book, or sometimes there's those people who wait for the video version to come out. Um, I'm sometimes one of those people. And this morning, it's great having this. And so this is going to show us this passage that we're looking at this morning in Mark chapter five. The guys are going to put it on the screen and, uh, and then we'll take it apart after that and we'll take some things out of it. Let's go for it, guys.
1: When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid. Just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying And wailing loudly He went in and said to them Why all this commotion and wailing The child is not dead But asleep But they laughed at him After he put them all out He took the child's father and mother And the disciples who were with him And went in where the child was He took her by the hand And said to her Talitha kum Which means Little girl I say to you Get up Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat.
0: Amazing miracles of Jesus. And I remember in those words Jesus said in John, whoever believes in me will do the same works that I do because I'm going to the Father. As, as I was reading this during the week, what I wanted to do for five minutes more than this, it's just to, to quickly look at what happened before this. My, my mind, as I was reading these miracles at the start of the week, was asking, Holy Spirit, because the two characters, we're going to look at them in a little while about something, different things specifically about each of them, and about why this was such a radical step for each of them to do it. But my mind went, Holy Spirit, what, what had happened? And the run-up to this that actually led them to it. And so what I would love to do, if if you could take a pen, if you have one, and turn with me to page 8 in the book, which is Mark chapter 1. We're going to just take a look at this area. What I'm going to get you to do is to underline certain places... Certain things that have happened, we're going to try and track the progress of what's going on. We're going to be doing this pretty quickly, um, so try to stick with me if you can as we go through this. But I want us to be able to see what's happening in this, what is going on. This is Israel, first century Israel at the time of Jesus. And, uh, and what we read, so as, we, as we've as we been going through, so this is Mark 5 around today, but Mark 1, as we look at this in page 8 and verse 9, what you see is that it talks about uh, John baptized him in the River Jordan. What you'll see uh, on the map here, there are two bodies of water. The top one is the Sea of Galilee. The one at the bottom is the Dead Sea, and there's a river that connects them, which is the, the River Jordan. And uh, I've put these red axes on. You might be able to see them. People at the back, you might have to come up to the front and look at this later, might be a wee bit small. Um, But John baptized Jesus here in the River Jordan. Let's look at this and let's build upon it. In verse 14 of Mark chapter 1, which is on page 9, what we're told is that Jesus goes into Galilee. Jesus went to Galilee and told the good news that comes from God. Galilee is this region up uh, just to the left of the, the Sea of Galilee. And it's here in this region that Jesus starts to proclaim the kingdom of heaven, that it's at hand, that it's here on the shore of Lake Galilee. So or the Sea of Galilee, verse 16 to 20, we're told about this, how Jesus comes and calls the first disciples. You'll see this in verse 16, the shore of Lake Galilee, if you underline it. Here we are at this point, the disciples are called, people are seeing fishermen giving up their very vocations, their very livelihoods to go and follow this rabbi. Verse 21 to 22, we're told in verse 21 that Jesus and disciples went to the town of Capernaum. If you underline it, you'll see Capernaum is just to the north here of the Sea of Galilee. There's another X. And when they're here in Capernaum, there's a couple of things that happen. Firstly, Jesus teaches and proclaims. And then in verse 23 to 27, what we see Jesus doing is that he starts to cast out demons. The kingdom of heaven is present here and the the demons are cast out of a man at this point. In verse 28, if you read this, so this is on page 10. So Mark 1 verse 28, we'll slow down in a wee second. It says this, news about Jesus quickly spread all over Galilee. So this region again, i will just put another X just for argument's sake, but it's a whole area. And news about Jesus is starting to spread over this whole region here in this place called Galilee. Back in Capernaum again, so verse 29 to 31, we're told about, and um, Peter's, Peter's mother-in-law, I think it is, um, that is, that is healed, or Peter's mother. And here, here we see this, the kingdom breaking out again. The thing is, in verse 33, if you look at this, so Mark chapter 1, verse 33. And uh, let me see where I can find it. It says this, in fact, so it says that evening after sunset, verse 22, all who were sick and had demons and them were brought to Jesus. In fact, we're told, the whole town gathered around the door of the house Something has spread in this whole area, and suddenly the whole town, everyone in the town comes to hear Jesus, and to, to get a glimpse of Jesus, and to come with their issues to Jesus because they have heard. And in, in page 10 as well, in verse 39, we're told this, that again in Galilee, the kingdom is proclaimed. And... Uh, the, again, demons are forced out. Again, in Galilee, he heals a man with leprosy. And I want you to look at this. So over in page 11, verse 45 at the very top, listen to what it says. The man talked about it so much and told so many people right? Let, let's keep track of this. The man talked about it so much and told so many people is, is the next part of what's happened. All these events that are starting to happen, and the story we're gathering now is people are starting to talk about it, right? Everyone's starting to talk. This man, he's been healed, but the man tells everyone all about what Jesus has done. In chapter 2, and we're back up in Capernaum again, and here in Capernaum at the north, there's a crippled man that's lowered through the roof in verses 1 to 12. Verses 13 to 17, you're back at the shore of Lake Galilee. And here what we find is that Levi, another disciple, is called and the kingdom comes apparent in it. End of chapter 3, sorry we're going really quickly, verse, uh, page 13. We're on here if you're following along in these Bibles. So uh, chapter 3, and verse 1 to 6, he heals a man with a crippled hand. And what we see in verse 78 is this. People come to see Jesus, they've heard about him. And here's a whole list, we're told in verse 7 to 8, of places that people have come from who have heard about Jesus. Firstly, they come from Galilee, obviously, because um, this, this is the area where everything seems to be happening at the moment. But then we're also told that they come from, firstly, Judea, which is down at the bottom, you'll see it in the map here, the red X. Then just above it, we have Jerusalem. Below it, down at the very bottom as well, we have a place called Idumea. And then up at the very northern part of it, we have, you'll see at the very top place, called Tyre and Sidon, right? Here we see the kingdom, the good news about Jesus is starting to spread all up the west-hand side of Israel here. People are hearing about Jesus Christ, the good news stories about what God has done. People have been touched by Jesus and his kindness and their lives have been changed, but it hasn't just stayed isolated the moment when you were saved and then getting on with the rest of your life. People are talking about it and giving our time to Jesus and what's going on. It actually says this in chapter three, verse eight. If you look at it, it says, all these crowds came because they had heard what Jesus was doing. This is the key part of this almost finished this. Chapter 3 again, verse 10 to 12. We're back on the lake, and uh, here there's healing and delivering. The 12 are chosen, and what we see, Ryan's going to be talking about the 12 tonight and the sending of them, but what we see in this in verse 14, it says, he also wanted to send them out to preach and to force out demons, right? Jesus is equipping uh, these people to do it, the 12 to be able to do it. Chapter 4, We are now on uh, page 15 to 17. Alan looked at this last week by teaching on the kingdom. And at the end of chapter 4, where he finished last week, we were told about Jesus still in the storm. So in pages 17 and 18, we're told about him still in the storm, down at the very bottom of it. And uh, again, this is all on the Sea of Galilee. The storm is is completely stilled. And what happens? What happens at this point, straight off the back of it, at the beginning of chapter 5, Which leads into the passage that we're looking at just for the last 10 minutes this morning is this. There's a man who is totally possessed by demons. We're told that his name is Legion because he has so many demons alive inside of him. And he comes and what happens, this is the strategic thing, right? If you look at this map, everything is happening on the west coast of Israel here. Everything is the good news of the kingdom is breaking out. All the miracles is happening. But what happens just before this is Jesus gets in his boat and crosses to the other side and he goes to this place called the Gerasa or the um, yeah, the Geras, Gerasa or Gerasa, however you pronounce that. And it's just here to the east side of the Sea of Galilee. And what happens is that as this demonic man comes before Jesus, Jesus comes and casts the demons out of this man. This man is well known. Everyone knows about him. We're told everyone is so afraid. He's cutting himself. He's to- totally demonic possessed. People are terrified by this man. And as Jesus comes and stands before him, the demons are crying out, Remember, here is Jesus, the one who has all power and all authority. Do you remember a few weeks ago we looked at this? The devil only has power. He has no authority. He no longer has it. Jesus comes, the one with power and authority, and the demons are crying out. They're shrieking. They're saying, please don't torture us before our time. And Jesus, we read, casts casts them out into a herd of pigs that runs off the mountain and dies, or into the sea, and they drown and die. This whole story, what happens at the end of it? This is the words that Jesus says to this demonic man. Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how good he has been to you. To this man who has had this significant encounter with Jesus, Jesus says this to him, Go home. And tell your friends and family how much the Lord has done for you and how good he has been for you. Tell people what has been going on. And what happens, we read this in verse 20. It says this, that the man went to proclaim the news around the area known as the Decapolis, right? The Decapolis was known as the Ten Cities. So if you look at the map, here's what happens. By this one man and what God did in his life, suddenly the whole east side of this area gets unlocked. Here's this man that it's almost like he was a trophy for the enemy, what the enemy was doing in his life, holding this region in terror and under a demonic influence. And Jesus comes and this kingdom sets him free and delivers him. And this man goes and proclaims and tells people what Jesus has done. And suddenly, look at the map. This is, sorry, you're getting a bit of an insight into my mind. This is where my mind was going this week. Suddenly, look at this whole area. Everyone is talking about Jesus. Everyone is talking about the stories of what God has done. Jesus is telling people, go and tell people how much God has done for you and the good things and the mercy that He has shown you in your life. This is what he's saying to these people. And as he does it, briefly, just to summarize everything that I'll be saying next, this is what happens in all of this area. Faith suddenly starts to rise. Imagine this. Everyone is talking about Jesus. And when we fill the airways with the name of Jesus, not just about his name, but about our stories and about what Jesus has done, suddenly in the atmosphere, faith comes alive. Faith rises up. People are hearing about this name that they've never heard of before. People are hearing about this hope that they've never heard of before. And suddenly they're thinking, this could be for me. This could possibly be for me. And this is what leads us into these miracles that we're looking at today, just in these last few minutes that you've seen in the video. These two people, Jarius, this man who was a leader in the synagogue, and this woman who had had a bleed for 12 years, who had never heard about the hope that there was in Jesus Christ until suddenly it comes alive in the very atmosphere in which she lives. Everyone is talking about it. The good news of the kingdom of God is spreading, and here's what happens when the atmosphere is filled and populated with the kingdom of heaven, suddenly the kingdom of heaven starts to break out very naturally. These miracles, which we look at and we look back at and we think, "Man, are they amazing?" This was just something that was starting to become just a natural everyday occurrence. And do you know why? Because there was an expectation. Something to come alive and there was an expectancy. People were hearing about Jesus and were desiring it in their own lives. Paul says this to the church in Rome. He says this, But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the Scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Listen, we are the sent ones. We are sent to go and tell. And as we tell, people get to hear. And as people get to hear, they get to believe. And as people start to believe, their lives are just transformed. This is how the kingdom works. So here's where we need to reverse this, right? If we are the sent ones, this is what we need to do. We need to tell. Listen, listen. When we were worshiping this morning, I felt one of the things that we really need to press into is this. I I felt the Holy Spirit say that not even just about the good things that he has done in our lives, like the stories of how the kingdom's come alive. I I feel that there's some people in the room this morning who have never told anyone that you've actually been saved. That there's a fear or a timidity even about telling your family and friends that you're a believer now. And what you need to know is that This is all part and parcel of the one. If you're claiming the name of King Jesus, you're now sent one of him. And as you're sent, this is what it means to be part of the church. We tell people about Jesus. I'm not saying that in judgment because on the flip side of it, even with the other people, sometimes there can be a real fear. Do you ever notice that sometimes in your life? Sometimes there can be a fear just about telling people about Jesus because the enemy doesn't want us ever to proclaim. Because here's the thing, as the church As we start to talk about the name of King Jesus and start to share our own Jesus stories and about what God has done in our lives, the atmosphere gets populated with faith and hope starts to rise and come alive. And suddenly lives are transformed and that's how the kingdom starts to break out in big ways, all by people telling about the name of Jesus and telling their stories. Do you see how simple it is? I'm not going to speak too much longer than this. I feel I just need to just keep it really simple this morning. Do you see how simple it is? about telling people, and this is what happens. Look at the map. If you can imagine this map, and imagine this instead of being Israel, imagine this is Largan. Imagine this is where you live. Imagine this is where you work. Could you put a red X where you are about where the name of Jesus is being spoken about, about being declared? Listen, this is the simplicity of the kingdom. Jesus was keeping it very simple for us. This is what he sends us out to do, to proclaim, to heal, deliver. I think sometimes we focus on these two big ones at the end. And we think the healing and the delivering. Listen, they are, they are massive and we want, to, we want to press into them. But the, reason, the way in which we can break into more of these is by seeing faith starting to rise in the atmosphere. And the way faith rises in the atmosphere by proclaiming. We've got to tell, we've got to talk about Jesus and tell our stories. If I was to ask you to turn around and speak to the person next to you right now and to tell them how good God has been for you in your life? For time's sake, I can't. I really wanted to do this this morning. Do you think you could do that? I know some of you could probably talk for hours. Do you think you could easily turn around and talk about how good God has been? And yet, guys, here's the thing. The church is known as the community of faith, the community of believers. Here's the place where we should be able to talk about the stories, about what God has done. That's why week after week after week, we want to leave space, not just for ping pong balls, but we're saying, does anyone have any stories this week to be able to share Because this is the place to share it. If we can't share it in here, we're definitely not going to share it out there. And here's the thing is that this is the place where we get inspired, where it's iron sharpening iron. And as we come together, as the community of believers together, faith starts to rise even with us. Faith for sharing stories and seeing the kingdom come alive in other people's lives. That's how people get transformed if we're talking about how we want to help rewrite the story of this city, if we want to help rewrite the story of the city, then start talking about Jesus. This is my, this is frustration for me. I need to own this for me. I can pray about it and I want to pray about it and believe in the Holy Spirit to break out. And that's what we desire more than anything. But you know what, how this city gets rewritten in the story? We talk about Jesus. We tell people about the good news of King Jesus. That's what happened in this area. It was just like this week when I was reading it, it was like suddenly it leads into these miracles. And in the miracles... I know we've read this passage, but we've only two minutes to unpack it. In these miracles, let me just briefly paraphrase this. You have two people. You have a man called Jairus, who we're told is the leader of a synagogue. He was a Pharisee or Saddu- Sadducee, we don't know. All we know is that those group of people, they hated Jesus. These were the ones that wanted him dead. What we actually read, I think it's in verse 22, it says that Jairus came and it says he knelt at Jesus' feet. The thing that really struck me was that here's a man from the group of people who many months later would stand at Jesus' feet as he was hanging on a cross and they would hurl insults at him and they would crucify him there. Here's one of the guys from that group who suddenly comes and kneels at Jesus' feet because his daughter's dead. Now listen, I know where people are saying. People are like, well, surely he was just desperate. He was desperate. It's almost like you would do anything you could to save your daughter's life, wouldn't you? But here's the thing about this this guy as a Pharisee or as a Sadducee, everyone hated Jesus. Everyone was talking down about Jesus. But this man, for this man, there was something different that was going on in his heart about Jesus. This man had heard about the good things that Jesus had done. This man had heard and the faith that was rising in the atmosphere and the hope that had come alive in the atmosphere suddenly caught hold of his heart. And here's the thing about this man. It wasn't just a calculated risk. This man believed. This man believed that Jesus could possibly do it for him and for his daughter. And so he comes and he kneels at his feet and he asks, this woman who comes who has had a bleed for 12 years, she uh, she comes along. The thing we need to know about this woman in society's eyes, she was a complete outcast. She was someone who had, uh, she had had this bleed and according to the society that she lived in, people would have said she was sick because obviously she had some sort of sin in her life and she was being judged. So she was known as unclean. She was in the unclean category. She probably was already there partially for the fact that she was a woman in society. At that time, women were just completely put down. It was a male-dominated society. And so here's an unclean woman, right? And uh, she's been sick for 12 years. We're told that she spent all her money just to try and get well, but nothing has worked. She is broke. She is completely unwell. She has no hope. And suddenly, who does she hear about? Jesus Suddenly, in the very place, in the very environment that she's lived for 12 years in a hopeless state, something is changing in the atmosphere around her. Faith is starting to rise, and hope is starting to rise, because everyone is talking about this guy called Jesus Christ, who is healing many people, and suddenly she thinks, maybe, 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 maybe this could be for me. And hope starts to rise. And here's the thing. While she had much fear, and would have had much fear about coming up to a religious man and trying to touch him, if that had been any other rabbi... She would have been making him unclean. and She would have been punished heavily by society. But she knew something different about this rabbi. She had heard something different about this rabbi. And so for her and this guy, Jarius, with all the fear and everything that could potentially happen to them, here's what I thought just as I read it during the week. She pushed past her fear to take hold of her future. She believed that there was a hope for her. And how did she know there was a hope for her? Because someone had told her. Someone had told her about the hope that there was in Jesus Christ. I uh, had written this down just at the very bottom. You know, for healing, there was healing, there was a raising from the dead. These sort of things, if, if they're going to become a, not a normal expectation, if we're going to believe for it, not just as something we read about in the Bible, but something we can see and experience, the first thing I would say is that the more the atmosphere is filled with faith, the more we can expect these type of things to happen. The more the atmosphere is full with faith. So how do we fill the atmosphere with faith? Let's start telling our Jesus stories. Start telling about the good things Jesus has done for you. The other wee thing just in this was uh, in, the, in, the, in the miracle about Jairus' daughter. We're told in verse 37 that it says, Jesus brought with him Peter, James, and John. The thing that caught me was that he left Downton Thomas and some of the other disciples at home. He right? didn't bring them with him into this. Jesus realized, because Jesus has said this, he said it to the woman just before, your faith has made you well for healing and deliverance. And I like guess faith is needed, real, genuine faith. And so Jesus brings Peter, James, and John. When it gets to verse 40, if you look at it in your books and your Bibles, in verse 40, we're told this, it says that everyone starts to laugh because Jesus says she's not dead, she's just sleeping. And it says everyone starts to laugh. And Jesus puts them out of the house. It's like he's clearing the place of disbelief. What needs to be in the atmosphere is faith and belief. And when he has it there, he has the mother, he has the father, Peter, James, and John. And as Jesus prays and faith and believing, it's suddenly the kingdom comes alive and the girl raises from the dead. The thing I've really felt the Holy Spirit said during the week was that I feel that there's some people in the room that this is a, a moment of, of breakthrough that God has for you in your life and situations that you're facing at the moment. And I feel that there's a choice that you need to make like this, of who are the people that you need to have outside your house? Who are the people that you need to surround yourself with? People of faith. Have you ever noticed that That sometimes when you're around people who are just are real people of faith, you leave them feeling that your faith has increased, <laughs> feeling lift up and built it up, and yet there's other people who are just negative, full of disbelief, talking things down, skeptical. And when you're around people like that, suddenly you just feel, oh, you feel a bit okay, yucky, Do you know? And sometimes you start to actually think that way. I think for if you if there's a breakthrough moment you're pressing into, you need to surround yourself with people of faith. Here's Johnny. Can the guys come on up? Here's the thing. Just as we as we finish this, who who are you? Who are you telling your good news stories to? I. I feel that sometimes we've downplayed the significance of this. If we, if we are going to see the kingdom come in big ways in this area, we need to be faithful to all three of these. Proclaim, heal, deliver. Let's start by at least being able to tell people about Jesus Christ. So here's the words that Jesus said as we finish this. Sorry, that's the one, member we always used to use all the time. Everyone, every day, everywhere, where you're at in your life. This is what Jesus said to the man who had the demons cast out. And this is what he speaks over us. Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. I, I wonder in your own heart, maybe it's better just to not have done that today, but just to leave some space. I wonder in your own heart if you were able to just speak out right now, what has God done for you? What are the good things that God has done for you? And when you know what those things are, how often do you t- talk about it? How often do you tell people about it? And I'm speaking to myself, why, why, do we not, why do I not do that enough? I'll mention a couple of things last week. You know, it can be fear, it can be busyness, it can be complacency. Why, why, why do we not tell people? Because here's the thing, when we do and we proclaim and we tell people, faith comes alive. Faith comes alive. There are people in your life that need to know about the hope that there is in Jesus Christ and the only way they'll get it is through you. So let faith come alive. This is how we want to see this story rewritten by faith coming alive and filling and populating. Do you see how simple, this is really, this is not rocket science, but do you see how simple it was in this, in this map? Suddenly in the run up to this, we could have focused more time on the miracles themselves. The miracles are amazing. But here's the thing. These miracles are not something we want to look back on and just remember. There's something we want to believe, on for, believe in for a present reality in our lives. And how do we see it as present reality? By starting to raise faith in the atmosphere. Let's get it alive in here. Let's be unapologetic about talking about the good things God has done in our life. It's not weird. It's not weird to talk about how God is in our lives. right? It doesn't break the fun. It's part of who we are as the church together. Let's talk about the goodness of Jesus. Let it be a normal thing. And when it's a normal thing in here, hopefully it can be a bit more of a natural thing out there. And let's tell people, let's proclaim, tell people about Jesus. And beyond that, as we see faith in the atmosphere, and we see hope come alive in the atmosphere, that's where we believe we'll see the breakout of healing. We'll see the demonic delivered out of people's lives. And as people, as a church, we press into those things together. Let's stand. I'm going to pray for you. And then Johnny and the guys are just going to sing this just as a response. This is a song we sang earlier. In your name, Jesus, we sing and we believe we come alive. And here, here's, here's what we're about to sing. And it's really easy to sing songs when they've got nice catchy tunes to it. In your name we come alive to declare your victory. That's what it means to be part of the church. So Jesus, as we finish today, we just want to just sing this, a song of commitment. Uh, Committing ourselves to be those who proclaim the goodness of your name. And God, as we do it, we just pray, would you let faith arise? Would you let hope arise? God, we pray for Portadown, for Lurgan, Craig Avon today. God, we pray for this city. God, we just pray, Lord, that a story would be rewritten God, but it would be rewritten, God, by us sharing our story of our lives, change, God, and what you've done in it. Let good things come out of us, God. Give us boldness this week. Send us out afresh, God. Send us out boldness and a power. Help us to proclaim he'll deliver this week, we pray. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk